It was discussed many times already in the Maimah for Shalah, that which the Shalah says, as Alamayade of Shana, the Roli of Mtaivim of the year, Afilamayade, the Rabbon, and even the Rabbinic holidays, Habma Shaykhus to the Parshas of Teir and Velchus is Anachal. The Yom Tov is connected somehow to the Parsha in which which is read that week in the Teir. The Fun is Fashtandik, so therefore it's understood as the Chagag Ulaf and Yudbezi Gimel Tamas that the Yom Tov, the redemption Yom Tov of Yudbezi Gimel Tamas, when the Rebbe, the Shver, when the Friedige Rebbe, is on in Gansen Bafreid Givorim from Zaymaisev and Golos was completely re- freed from being from having any anything remaining for of his arrest. There was a period at Gimel Tamas when he was released from prison but sent into exile, and now you basically Gimel Tamas he was released from exile as well. So that Yomtev Hatashaychus Tzum Toychem from the Parshas Chukas Bolok that Yomtev has somehow is connected to the Parshas Chukas Bolok which. We read on Shabbos. When in them gufas and and in the connection between chokas and Bolag, there are three points of connection. Number one is the shaychas to parshas chokas. First of all, the connection to parsha chokas, which is read. A second point is the shaychas to parsha Bolag. It's we also read Bolag, so it's connected to parsha Bolag as well. And the third point is the shaychas to the sedus tzamen is the connection to both seders as they come together as one and and read at the same time on the same Shabbos. But in Vigiret Fulmo, because as discussed a number of times, when two seders and mechubores umalein zeitzuzamen in ein Shabbos, because when two seders come, are connected, meaning to say that they're read at the same time on the same Shabbos, is a hischabrus and oifrin as if they're an ein seder, they're coming together Makes them into, so to speak, one seder. The chalukas akriya is of shiva kruim, because the the way we divide the two seders together is that we read seven, we call seven people to be for an aliyah for the entire thing together for both parshas together. So we divide it differently. So in other words, it turns into one combined seder. Both of them are one combined seder. And also, as is the nor ein aftayra, there's only one aftayra for both seders. So in other words, it's seen as one complete entity of two seders. So the connection between Yud Bezu Gimel Tamas is also somehow pertains to the connection between Chukas and Balak as well. Well, is fashtandik. So therefore, it's understood as in Tzugav Tzum Bazundur and Teichem versus da in Yedes Seder Fneasma. That in, in addition to the fact that Yudbezi Gimel Tamas is connected to each sedra independently, chukas independently, and bolok independently, is da atayichem meshutav, there's also a, somehow there is a combined, a shared theme in chukas and bolok together, from beidah sedras, fuzdafim dafar kenazayin ischabaveren alzayin sedra, there is something about chukas and bolok which, Allows them to become one seder, so there's some some theme that they share. When the shaychas from Chagagula Yud Beizig Yimul Tamas to Chukas Bolok is Oichen Zayir Teichem Meshutav, so therefore the connection between Yud Beis Tamus to Chukas and Bolok as they are combined is with that shared theme that they have, which is what allows them to become one seder. So Yud Beis Tamus is also connected to that shared theme. This is Mudgash and Kriya Shanazu, as it's emphasized in the year when the Rebbe said that the Sikha was Yudbeis Yutamas is Chal Bashamas Parashu Bukhukas Bolok, that Yudbeis Tamas came out on Shabbos of Chukas Bolok. Beis. The number from the Ershta Sedra is Chukas. So now we'll examine the, each one independently and how they come together. The name of the first Sedra is Chukas. The Pasha to Taich from Chukka is what is the simple meaning of the word Chukka? Atsivu was. It's a mitzvah for which we don't have a reason. We fulfill that mitzvah only because this is a rule, a law that Hashem imposed on us, and that's why we keep it. In other words, it's because Hashem ordained so, this is what He wanted, and this is what we do. We don't have a rational reason for it. 
The Indian from Chukka in Avedis Adam is the Avedis from Mesidus Nefesh. How does that translate to how a, a, the, a person serving Hashem? What does it mean in our personal service of Hashem that we are committing, we are dedicated to a Chukka, to fulfill a Chukka? It means that our Avedis, our service of Hashem, is Mesidus Nefesh, self sacrifice. Because self sacrifice is also transcendent of logic. It doesn't make sense to say that a person should commit their lives to something that's a one-time thing. Uh, you know, committing a sin or not committing a sin once and losing one's life over it seems irrational. Because rational, rational behavior is demands that a person should do things which will protect them, protect the person, add to the to the person's uh, person persona, add to my safety, add to my self promotion and so on. But rational re- reason doesn't dictate that a person should give up their lives. And is to allow themselves to become not that a person should allow himself to become not that that, that is not rational. The mit is men and that explains and that is one of the explanations why we don't find direct reference to the a mitzvah that a person should give his life for Hashem. There is no such command in the Torah. Why isn't there such a command in the Torah? The reason could be because the written Torah, the Torah is the Chachma of Hashem, that is attributed to intellect. And Mesiris Nefesh transcends the idea of logic of Chachma. Therefore, how could Torah, which is all, which is a system of Chachma, how could it talk about Mesiris Nefesh, which contradicts the idea of logic? And therefore, Mesiris Nefesh is not directly referenced in the Torah. We learn it from allusions in the Psukim and so on. We come to understand it, but it's not directly said, because that is irrational. It seems irrational. And that's the connection between Yudeis and Yemultamas to Chukas. The Avaida from Bala Gaulava Simcha Farabotsa Taira in Yana Medina, the Avaida, the work of the Friedrich Rebbe in, in spreading Taira and Yiddishkeit in that country, meaning in the Soviet Union, was the Farhat Minimara State, which is the reason why he was arrested, is given in an Oifim for Chukas, Chukas, Mitnesiris Nefesh, Ulamaila Tamadas. He approached that Avaida, that work, in a, in a super rational way. With total mesirus nefesh, total self-sacrifice, single-handedly he went against a mighty government. And this took place in a country which, in the, the situation at the time, is It was almost impossible to escape from the country, so in other words, you couldn't rationalize, or whatever, I'll get out, whenever, you know, if they get too close, I'll get out, you couldn't get out. And even so, he did not pay attention at all to all of these dangers, and he did his work of spreading Torah mitzvahs with total mysterious nefesh. So that's the connection between Chukas and Yud Beis Tamas. The Nom of Gimel, the Nom of the Sadr, Loit Minig However, there's a deeper, sen- a deeper understanding of this. The name of the Sadr, according to the way it's known throughout the Jewish community, is Nish Chukas We don't call it by the name Chukas which is the first words over there. Nor Chukas Tam, we just refer to it as Chukas, without adding the word Torah. On the Tamdreif and what's the reason that we leave out the word Torah? Could be for this: the Chukka, the Chukka from Parah Aduma, the that Halacha, that Chukka, which is Parah Aduma, the red heifer. 
which is the discussion at the beginning of Parshah Chukas, is Oizgetelt Oich von Andere Chukim. It stands out even amongst all other Chukim in the Torah. The Chuk of Paraduma is outstanding even as in comparison to the other Chukim in the Torah. The mitvah zei zi is legamri nisht in gedef seichel vasaga because chukas at the paraduma is completely irrational. Was the far hotafilu shleima malach and therefore even shleima malach himself, the wisest of chacham kolodim, the wisest of all men, he said, "Al kol eila madati on all the other mitzvahs, the chukim, I was able to get to the bottom of it. I was able to understand the reason ultimately." Paraduma, but when it came to Paraduma, Amarte Achakma, I thought that I would master it, I would be able to reach the understanding of what it means and why it is so. But I saw that it is distant from me, it's beyond me. I can't understand Paraduma. So even Shlaimalah who understood all the other chukim, but Paraduma could not understand the, that. Thus is the Tam, which Parenthetically, this is also the reason why the Pasuk says this is the Chukah of the Torah. As if this is the one. The, the one that we're going to talk about now, that's the Chukah. But there are many Chukim. The reason is, as the Mitzvah of is the Einzige Chukah from Gans Torah, that this, as, as if to say, this is the, the, the Paraduma, is the only Chukah in the entire Torah. Because even in comparison to the other chukim, this one stands out as a chukah. So that's why this is called the, the mother of all chukim. This is the absolute paradigm of a chukah. If you want to talk about a, the true nature of a chuk, this is the one. Because it completely transcends logic. And that explains why when we call the seder by the name chukas, we don't say chukas we just say leave it at chukas. Why? Even though it's true that all chukim are transcendent of logic. Because even a person can understand that he has to accept certain rules which, are, which he cannot understand. I can't understand why this is important. My seichel is limited. So I don't get to understand why certain things need to be done. But, and, but I still have to be committed even though I don't understand it. I still have to do them. But when could you say such an explanation? This could be applied to rules which don't contradict seichel. They are, I don't get it. I don't understand why this needs to be done. But it doesn't. It doesn't contradict my view of the world. It doesn't contradict it. You say shatnas is a chukah. Why can't you eat milk and meat together? I don't understand why. But I don't see any reason why it goes against Seichel. There's nothing in my, um, in my mind which rejects it as totally irrational. Just I don't understand why. But, which is a thing that a person can accept. I don't, I don't understand everything. Because I, with my limited mind, I can't understand the reason for it. But I can understand. I can. I can. I can get. Or at least I don't reject the idea. As in is But I can say that somebody who has a much bigger mind than me understands much more. Over there, he could, he might be able to understand the reason for this one too. That's true of all the other chukim. Paraduma. When we talk about paraduma, that's a level of chukah which not only it's not only that I don't understand it; it it's contradictory. It goes against seichel. Zizhepecha seichel. 
It even it goes even it's even contrary to what Torah calls seichel. Dichuke is a id mekayim norma detnua from bittles and mevishnas rotsen. So because because paraduma has contradictory elements in it. On the one hand, it brings tara to people that are in the deepest level of tumah, tumas mace. On the other hand, the people that prepare it become tame. So if it's this powerful agent that can remove tumah, how does it bring tumah to the people that 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 uh, work on it, that do it, that prepare it? So that's contradictory. So the only way to approach it is not that there is an understanding, perhaps one day I'll get to it, or maybe I'll never get to it, but somebody understands it. Here, it's contrary to Seichos. The only way to accept it is, this is what Hashem wants. I submit to it, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it goes against everything that I understand. And that's why that's called the ultimate, the paradigm of Chukah. If you want to know what a Chukah is, this is the Chukah. Paraduma is that Chukah. And that's why it's not called Chukah Satayra. Because chukas can be said about all the other chukim, the other chukim which are the in within the context of Torah, which is chachma, they are considered chukim. But this transcends even the idea of chukah within Torah. It's a chukah with absolute chukah, not only in the context of Torah, but it's an absolute chukah. So we call it, refer to it simply as chukas. In a similar way, there are also two ways in which a person can practice self-sacrifice. There is a level of sacrifice which falls into the, the category, into the parameters of, let's examine the situation and see if it calls for Mesiris Nefesh. So this examination of the situation is not that it's within Kedusha let's see what holiness, what the Torah says about the situation it's not just that my Nefesh of Bahamas, my animal soul will look at it and come to the wrong conclusion, no, we could look at it from how does Torah approach it but still in the end you're making a calculation is this the right time to practice Mesiris Nefesh the Hainu, which means as Edom and Gate of Mrs. that before a person is willing to commit to self sacrifice, cook Mefriar and Shukhanor, first you have to look into the Shukhanor. Whether this situation calls for self sacrifice. That's what's called Chukasatayra. There is the rule of how, you know, the parameters of Torah which dictate that this situation does call for Mesiris Nefesh. In other words, as Seichel and Chachma of holiness of Torah looks at it, it concludes that yes, this calls for Mesiris Nefesh. Which means that the Mesiris Nefesh already has a certain limitation. Before you can actually jump in to Mesiris Nefesh, you have to look at uh, look into Shulchan Aruch, you have to come to a conclusion, you have to see, is this the right time to practice Mesiris Nefesh? Which means you're limited by a certain calculation, whether it's the right thing to do or not. The Tzveta Eifin the Mesiris Nefesh, the other approach to Mesiris Nefesh is, it's a mysterious nefesh which a person does not look to see what's the right thing to do. That's called chukah, not chukah as it's found in the Torah, but it's chukah, period. It even transcends the chukah which Torah has, a, has something to say about it, some wisdom to impart on this matter. It's because it's called chukah because it comes from deep within the soul of the yid from which has has been discussed many times. The the nef, the the etzem and the the essence of a yid transcends even Torah. So therefore, there are sometimes that Torah would not require a mesiris nefesh in this time, but the connection between the Jewish soul and Hashem 
goes even deeper than his connection through Torah and therefore from the perspective of the essence of the soul it does call for Mesiris Nefesh even though Torah would not require Mesiris Nefesh in this case our sages tell us that Hashem's thought of the Yidin which means his plan his, uh, his desire for Yidin transcends everything that came first that was the first thing that came up in Hashem's mind so to speak is I want the Jewish people then came Torah so the connection between the Yidin and Hashem transcends even their connection to Hashem through Torah in other words, that his thought, Hashem's thought of the Yidden came even before his thought of Torah. And because of this essential connection between the Yidden and Hashem, which transcends their connection to Hashem through Torah, that's why the Messiah's Nefesh that a Yid can have in order to maintain his relationship with Hashem, even transcends any calculation at all, even what Torah would say about it. When Azar Oifim the Mesiris Nefesh is given by the Balagul of Asimcha, and this is the kind of Mesiris Nefesh that the Friedegar Rebbe practiced, as he'll explain. Hey, the Arbotzes of Torah by Yadus and the Balagul of Asimcha had such oisgespreit oivgor fil arbet gebitten. The, the expression of Mesiris Nefesh that the Friedrich Rebbe had expressed itself in many, many different directions, many activities, many projects, which are not similar to each other. On the one hand, he sent Rabbonim and Shachtim to places where they didn't have a Rav, they needed a Rav, they needed a Shechet. Then there was another project, Eifstel Mikvois, to build Mikvois. Grinden yeshivas for elder Abraham to establish yeshivas for older students. Chadorim for tikkunegish rabbam, educational institutions for young children. There are so many different projects which are very different from each other, and the mesiris nefesh was expressed in all of these. But the main, what was the real intention of the Soviet government? Why did they do this? Why? What were they really? What was their goal really? And it was for this reason that they really arrested the Friedrich Rebbe, not because he sent a rov to a city, but it was over this issue. Is given nicht was not so much his spreading Yiddishkeit and strengthening Yiddishkeit spreading Torah and strengthening Yiddishkeit for, for the adults on elder Yidin and older Yidin nor for the most part the most important point of theirs was their main objection was to his teaching young children to establishing schools and teachers for young children and notwithstanding all of the dangers that he put himself through, he, the Efrig Rebbe, paid attention specifically, mostly, to this work of establishing Chadorim schools for young children. And he had special activities and special energy and special um, passion and he did it in the biggest way possible it was specifically about teaching young children even though this was their greatest offense that's what they saw as his greatest offense it would seem that one could ask the following question it's true that it was important and essential that the Rebbe should get involved in Spreading Torah and strengthening Yiddishkeit. Why did he have to invest so much of his effort and so much passion into doing that which was doomed to failure? There was no, there was no way that he could see. Nobody could see that this could be successful. 
to, to have schools for children because they were so much against it that that was where they put all their efforts in stopping that part of it so why did he have to invest so much specifically into that which was doomed to failure it would seem that it would be more logical that he should dedicate more work into spreading that he should do things which could which reasonably could be successful. There is a good chance of success, or some chance of success, which is to teach elderly, the older people, the, the adults, and so on. But the children, it, there was no way to see that this could ever be successful. But when he put himself into the work of educating children, then he was endangering all the other departments of what he was working on. He was working on, on putting up a mikvah, on putting a, making a yeshiva for older boys, for bringing a rav and a sheikha to a city. Teaching children would endanger that whole project. And the question is even greater. How could he, the Friediger Rebbe, endanger all the work for, on behalf of those people that were obligated, according to Torah, to keep Torah mitzvahs? They needed a mikveh, they needed a shayvah, they needed a rav, they needed, according to Allah, they needed all these things. The children are not even chayiv to do Torah mitzvahs. It's only educational. The Torah instructs the parents to do it. The children are not really obligated. So he endangered all the work that was being done on behalf of the adults who were the primary target of Torah mitzvahs. They need to keep Torah mitzvahs all on behalf of because he insisted on putting so much effort into educating the children. And perhaps the answer to this is as the Avoida Mamreb is given in a Eifim from Emesachuka, that the, the Avoida of the Friedrich Rebbe was truly, as we describe the word Chuka, not Chuka Satayra, but just Chuka without the word Tayra, Mesiris Nefesh on Kainachas Bainas. His Mesiris Nefesh was without looking into how does this fit into the structure of Tayra, to the wisdom of Tayra, to the uh, paradigm of Tayra. His Mesiris Nefesh came from the essence of the soul. Since he knew what his mission is, he knew that he is the leader of the Jewish people. He has to provide for the existence, for the continuance of the entire Klal Yisrael. And this all depends on the children being educated and learning Torah. As our sages tell us, if there are no young goats, kid goats, there are no old goats. You have to have the children in order to have the adults. And if you abandon the children, you're not going to have the next generation of adults. That's why he put himself into the work with the greatest self-sacrifice. To build, to establish, and to maintain chadorim for the young children. Even although... If you look at the thing rationally, naturally, there is no way that we can envision that there should have any longevity. It can't last. These chadorim are not going to be able to last. Which means that ultimately it's not going to be successful. So if his Mesirif's Nefesh was based on the, the what rational rational thought dictates even seichel at Torah what does Torah seichel suggest in this situation then there would be a good question Torah says there's no chance for this to be successful why are you waste spending time on this why not focus on the adults but since the Rebbe's Mesiris Nefesh was as we described Chukas not with the, the word Torah is in them Nishnegei the Cheshven therefore it, it's not important that it doesn't make sense to me 
That's not important. See, I don't have to look at, at the situation. Is it going to be successful or not? Or will I come out of this safely or not? That is something that the Eibishta has to think about. He has to see whether I will come out of this alive. He has to decide whether this will be successful. Similar to what Hanani Mishol Vazari said to Nebuchadnezzar, as Oiv Zevil Nobmas Chuz Vedeibishta Zeidatavin, he wanted them, Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to bow down to the idol, and if not, they're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So they said, if the Eibishta wants us to be saved, if we have merit, Hashem will save us from the fiery furnace as well. But even if not, if he won't save us, Vehein Lav, as they said, and if not, in other words, we don't have the merit for a miracle like that, we still intend, we, of course, we're not going to bow down to the idol anyway. Even in this situation, well, they, if they will not be safe from the fire, they wanted to make sure that they understood that even if they die in the fire, it's not because Nebuchadnezzar had the power to kill them, nor does his Fenebishnim, but it's because Hashem decided that they are going to die. Nebuchadnezzar is nor Ashliach Fenebishnim, Nebuchadnezzar is merely the tool that Hashem uses for carrying out whatever he wanted. And therefore the Friedrich Rebbe also said, I have to do my work. I have to make sure that Judaism has a continuity which is essential that it should be the children that are taught. If the Abishta decides that it should be successful, then he'll make it successful. If the Abish decides that not, he won't. But that's not my concern. That's not my consideration. My consideration is to do everything possible as irrational as it may seem, even though it doesn't seem that it could ever be successful, that's what I have to do. That's what mysterious Nefesh that comes from the essence of the soul which is the place where the Yidin are connected to Hashem in their deepest place, that's what he was doing. Vav. The Darge from Mesiris Nefesh in an Oifem from Chukas hat men beim Rebben gesehen bemeshel von alle seinen Nesiris Yorim Ba'almedeim. And this type of Mesiris Nefesh, total self-sacrifice on that level, we saw it by the Friedrich Rebbe in all of his years as the Rebbe. He was a Rebbe for 30 years. The 30 years in which the Friedrich Rebbe was a Rebbe was eingeteilt in which were divided into three periods of 10 years, three decades. Three decades in which he had different types of Avaida. The first 10 years, approximately the first 10 years, seine given verbunden mit der Avaida von verspreiten Teutobiados in a matzah from Sakonis and Foshes Bepoil Mamish. The first 10 years, from 1920 until 1927 and a little later, were the Avaida that he did in Russia, in the Soviet Union, which required actual Messiris Nefesh. He was always in danger of being killed. That was the reality. The Tzvetet Kufa is the Rebbe given in a land was not gelept during the second decade of his uh, being a Rebbe. He lived in a country which had had many, many uh, tens or hundreds of thousands, millions of Jews even. That was in Poland. He lived in Poland for ten years. And that's where he had the opportunity to be able to spread the words of Chassidus to so many millions of Yidin, which did not necessarily study Chassidus and so on. But there were certain limitations on that too. The limitations came from, the reason was, that there was opposition from within the Jewish community, from in, within the Frum community, even from within the Chassidus community. And the Rebbe, wissen die ganze Verover Shomer is a Dover, but uh, using the same pasuk by Yekanabe Echav that it says about Yosef that his brothers were jealous of him of his dreams. 
But for Aviv, Shomer Sadaba, but the Friediger Rebbe knew that his father, meaning Yaakov, meaning Hashem, he was, he was making sure that it will happen. He did believe in it. So Hashem did believe in it. As the Ebeshat Oich Dorot Arevgelik Tafem the Shlichus from Afot Sater Vachsidus. And since the Friediger Rebbe knew that living in Poland, what is Hashem's requirement here for him? What is the Shlichus here? Is to spread Chsidus to the different communities therefore notwithstanding all the opposition that he, was, that he faced he still continued to spread chesidus as much of whatever he can do with great mysterious nefesh the third decade of the Friedrich Rebbe being Rebbe which was from 1940 to 1950 when he, when he passed away was in what's called the lower half of the of the globe, which is America, when he came to America, in the place where for many many years there was this uh, this attitude, as America is understood, America is different from the old country over here. Yiddishkeit doesn't work, which was in a in a nutshell what they said. That in America you cannot be a Jew in the fullest sense the way one is supposed to be. Over here he had to stand up against a very powerful wave. Because the wave of the time was that there is no place for Yiddishkeit here. That's what everybody said. And the Friedrich had to stand up against that. And implant chsidus in an ord into a place which on the surface did not seem to be a place where chsidus could take root and he had to fight against that stream and implant chsidus even in America so those are the three periods in which the Friedrich Rebbe had to practice Mesiris Nefesh in the situation that he was in at the time Zayin, vigezokt, as mentioned. All the three tchufas that he given for bunim tavodif oibn um um bagrendus to mesiris nefesh. All three periods of his being rebbe were connected with an avoda of an unlimited need for unlimited mesiris nefesh. Aber in yedet kufa it is given in zayin oifim, but in each in each period it was expressed in a different way. Says ene day mekal the mesiris nefesh. In the Letztetzveit Kufas, so the Messias Nevesh and the Eshtet Kufa, you can't compare the type of Messias Nevesh that was needed in the second two decades in Poland and in America with the Messias Nevesh that was required in the Soviet Union, where Vosis Given Fabunim in the Sakonstafashit Bapel Mamesh, the Messias Nevesh in the Soviet Union was connected with actual danger to his life. Unnochmer, even more. In seiner Botschaft arbeitet hat der Rebbe eingestellt nicht nur sein eigenes Leben, and even more. In the work that the Friedrich Rebbe was doing in the Soviet Union, he wasn't just risking his own life. Nor er hat euch geschickt andere Schlichtungen für seine Gewerbe verbunden mit seinen Faschus, but he had to send other Chassidim as well into missions which their life was in danger. Und beim Rebbe ist doch asamisiris Nefesh und bei a Rebbe by somebody, an honest person, that kind of mysterious nefesh to send somebody else into a danger is even more to stellen a zweiten yid in the Fakana to put another yid into a danger, it's much more difficult and requires more mysterious nefesh than putting yourself into danger. And even more. Because there were in fact cases where the people that he had sent into a certain city to bring Yiddishkeit there, they were found and they were uncovered and they were caught. And they were sentenced to be sent to Siberia for many years. To Pinukin, they were tortured, some of them were killed. He doesn't say the Vachulu, he says Vachulu, and so on, even worse, meaning some of them were actually killed. And when that happened, the Friedrich Rebbe had to go into a mode of Messiris Nefesh the next morning, 
und euch kleiden Maiden und schicken einmal zum Malumakum für die verschickten Schliach. He had to find somebody to replace that Schliach that was sent either to his death or to Siberia or into a torture. And he had to find somebody to replace him the next morning. So that kind of serious nefesh was actual life danger for himself and putting others in harm's way. But on the other hand, is in the Zweitet Kufa given an anderer un in a gewissen Sinn harberer Schwerigkeit. But in a certain sense, the type of mysterious nefesh that he needed when he was in Poland was in a certain sense even more difficult. Because when the Friedrich Rebbe had to fight, had to counter the criticisms from within his own community, from within Frumayidin, that's much more difficult than having to fight against a Goyish um, regime. When they asked all these questions, why does it have to be this way? Why can't you do it differently? and so on with all these kinds of questions and even though you're getting this opposition from within from within your own brothers he had to continue doing the work in a certain sense it is even more difficult of the, it's even more difficult than the earlier that he needed in Russia and it takes an even deeper sense of Mesiris Nefesh to be able to face down criticism from within, from your own. Ungor Andesh is the Tnua from Mesiris Nefesh in the Dritit Kufa. Now, when it comes to the, third, uh, to the third period of his being a Rebbe, when he came to America and the, the Mesiris Nefesh that was required then, that's completely different. When he had to go against the tide, not to be influenced and not to be uh, not offended, but not to be dissuaded from those who made fun of what he was trying to do. It seemed ridiculous what he was trying to do, and from the the and the people that actually got it and got in the way, the people that actually interfered, and so on. And after all this, had the Rebbe sich nicht begnügend mit Eivbo in the Egene Daladamas. When he came to America, it wasn't enough that he started a Lubavitch Yeshiva and he had a shul and he had a small community. And okay, so now we have it. We rebuilt. We've rebuilt, and that's that, that's what we need to do. And then actually, what when that happened, there were actually people that came and gave him the advice with the with the suggestions sich einschließen in sein. Uh, in Zay, that he should create a, a barrier around himself and his community and be happy with what he has. I've taken care of myself and my community, everything is going forward well. You can't go to war, you can't fight City Hall, you can't win against the whole world. That's what they said. Be happy with what you have, maintain your own community, and that's where it should end. Nor, so what did he do? Rather, hat er sich hereingeworfen in die Arbeit von zu verwandeln, das ganze Land in der Makam Teure, die Figure said, no, the entire country of the United States has to become a place of Teure. And that's what his goal it was. So these were three different types of mysterious nefesh that the Friedrich Rebbe had to display and work under conditions in three different, completely different conditions. Alpiteva naturally is Nitshayach, it's really not possible. As Bamzel mentioned that by the same person as Lozain de Zelba Mos Mesirisnevshin in Allah that a person should have what he's called on to do totally different types of work, and the Mesirisnevish in each one of them is the same. A person can't operate and function with the same energy and the same passion in completely different way, in the completely different missions. Because when a person has a certain mission in which he has a great interest and he has great passion for that, for that uh, project, is the Mesiris Nefesh of course the Mesiris Nefesh will be much more than in a different type of mission in which he doesn't have as much interest. 
wie kann aber sein derselbe größte Tnuah von Messias Nefesh, but how is it possible that a person should be able to display the, the, actual, the same self-same sacrifice, the very same sacrifice, and Messias Nefesh by the allegorical in totally the divergent types of uh, missions, and all of them came along with this same sacrifice. Is that barin? Is barin them? The explanation is by Rebbe, as by Rebbe, had geleuchten the nekuda mesiris nefesh was nemtzich from etzem anefesh. The Friedrich Rebbe was operating on, was functioning on, being illuminated from the mesiris nefesh that came from deep within his soul, from the core essence of his soul. Was the faris kol muhusi givem mesiris nefesh, which means his entire being was permeated by Mesiris Nefesh. He functioned as Mesiris Nefesh. He functioned as Mesiris Nefesh. And the river is kachilik nishgeven in vosfarat siyur the kayach Mesiris Nefesh hatzich gedaft anton. And therefore it didn't matter in what kind of how that Mesiris Nefesh has to be expressed. He was an expression of Mesiris Nefesh. So whatever he's doing he was invested with that Messias Nefesh. It doesn't, he wasn't having Messias Nefesh based on the mission that he was on. He was functioning as Messias Nefesh, which came from deep within his soul, and therefore whatever he was doing was permeated by that essential Messias Nefesh. In Yedin Eifin is given the Zelbe Etzim Nefesh. In whatever he was doing, he expressed that same Messias um, Nefesh, which came from deep within his soul. So that explains the connection between Yudhuis Tammuz and Chukka. Tess, Tishaychus Fishin, the Chagag Ulam, Parshas Bolok. What's the connection between Yudhuis Tammuz and Bolok? Chazal Zogn, our sages tell us, that Bolok had feind gehat Eden Yosem Akol Seinim. Bolok hated the Jews more than any other enemy. Their fire had to sich vermosten, lechstunde to the Eden. That's why he took it upon himself to harm the Jewish people. That was his goal. He wanted to bring harm on the Jewish people. Even though he really didn't have a good excuse for that because the Jews were prohibited from attacking his country. They were coming to take over Erz Knan. But Hashem had instructed them that they are not to start a war with Moyov. So he wasn't afraid of, he shouldn't have been afraid of their coming to attack him. As the Pasuk says, Hashem told Moshe to tell the Yidin that they are not to antagonize Moyov and they're not to start a war with Moyov. So then why was he out to harm the Jewish people? Why was he so invested into doing that? It's because he couldn't stand the very existence of the Jewish people. It wasn't about saving himself, it was about getting rid of them. Even after he realized that he himself is not going to be able to take on the Jewish people. He invested himself with great effort and he brought another uh, helper, somebody to help him with his uh, solution to the Jewish problem which was Bilam all, all of this was just to be able to inflict harm on the Jewish people didn't even have a good reason for it in a very similar way it also, this is what transpired in the arrest of the Friedegger Rebbe. The Avodah from Rabbat is given. The, the work of spreading Torah was, wie the Rebbe schreibt in sein bewussten Brief zu Yudbeis Tammuz, as the Friedegger Rebbe writes in his famous letter that he wrote in acknowledgement in honor of Yudbeis Tammuz, he writes there that Muteres hi al Medina, the work that he was doing to spread Torah and strengthen Yiddishkeit was permitted according to the law of the Soviet Union. It was not illegal. 
und der Meister begolus ist gekommen mit Zadar Halshona von die was haben gesucht Neukim sein sich im Beschreiben das Meister wie Israel and the reason that he was arrested was because of the Jewish section that were looking to take revenge against the Frumayidin the people that kept Torah mitzvahs Neged Chukia Medina and their efforts to harm the Friedrich Rebbe was illegal what they were doing was illegal das heißt in other words as the because they could not stand they couldn't tolerate just the sight of a Frumayid on Yiddishkeit and Yiddishkeit they invested themselves with great effort even going against the law they were doing things which were unlawful as long as they could interfere with the work of the Friedrich, the Friedrich Rebbe just like Bullock had no real reason and he did it because he hated the Yidin so also they did it because they hated the Frum by the Maise from Bolok of Bilam, and just like what was the end of the story of Bolok and Bilam, as Nishnor had Bolok Nisht Oizgifid, Vaser had Givold, not only did Bolok not get to, uh, to have what he wanted, of course it didn't go his way, which was, what did he want? Orly as Omazer, that he should put a curse on the Jewish people, nor Adarab, that did not happen, but to the contrary, Zain Dingim Bilaman had Gebracht, his hiring Bilam to put a curse on the Jewish people resulted in what? As Yidin's own Gebenshven that the Yidin should get a blessing Undurch Bilam and Gufa and not just a blessing from Hashem but it came through Bilam he's the one that spoke the blessing and it came from Bilam who hated the Jews even more than Bolak hated the Jews and they were no ordinary brachas they were the greatest brachas as the Pasuk says that Hashem transformed the curse of Bilam into a blessing so just as it happened then as Derech Zeh is given by the Baal Agul of the same thing happened by the Friediger Rebbe as the Zelbe mentioned was Hobm Dem Rebbe Arastir that the very same people that arrested the Rebbe Zeh Alein Hobm Gemust Arois Helfen in Zayn Shichro they themselves had to acknowledge and help out in his being freed, as the and not only that, they even put in. They are the ones that made sure that the Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe, should leave the country, so the Soviet Union. So they, the ones, not only did they release him from prison, they even got him out of the country altogether. Yud, the <clears throat> So that's the connection between Yud based Tammuz and Bolok, Parsha Bolok. And then comes the connection between uh, Yud Beis Tammuz and the way Chukas and Bolak come together as one parsha. And what the lesson is to each and every one of us in Aravayda. And perhaps this is the explanation. In the Risnagdos was Bolak had Arizivism to Eden, Kemenoch Gifinen Episatam Besibe. In the opposition that Bullock had to the Jewish people, even though he wasn't really justified because they were not allowed to war, war with him anyway, but you can find some explanation to it. as he himself said, now they will uproot everything that is around us, like an ox that is in a vegetable garden, just uproots, tears out everything. So they're going to come here, they're going to make a churban, in the whole neighborhood. That was his rationale. And in fact, it became scary that all the people of Moyev were afraid of the Jewish people. What's going to happen? As the Pasuk says, Moyev was afraid of the, the Jewish people. But then there is another opposition to the Jewish people that is not just an opposition that comes from Balak with his... There's no good reason for it, but at least it has some rationale. Then there is opposition which comes from Chukas Balak, which means the sin of Isnagdus Balak, the hate and the opposition to the Jewish people, which is signified by the name Balak, by the word Balak, is unseichel it has absolutely no rationale at all. 
nor in a ma'ifim from chukah. It comes as a chukah. It is completely incomprehensible why there is such hate to the Jewish people. Nochmer even more. Nish nor hotter nishkens tam v'seichel v'sin. And not only is there no rationale for the hate, nor is it gor heipachaseichel. It's even contrary to any rationale. So proven it goes against anything rational that they should try to harm the Yidin. For because they themselves know they're not going to be able to do it. They're do on a mission which they know is going to fail, but they just do it anyway, even though it makes no sense at all. Bolok is chukas is completely irrational. As we find in the story of Balak and Bilam, as Bilam had given as a vet Gornish Kenan Oifton, Bilam knew that he wasn't going to be able to get anywhere. For him, Zain the Kanobi, because he was a, because he himself a prophet, when the head he heard Hashem told him, do not try to curse the people because they are a blessed people. So he heard it direct from Hashem. He knew that it wasn't going to work. So without question he knew that he wasn't going to be able to put a curse on the Jewish people and in fact he told that to Bolok I cannot violate the word of Hashem he said that I can't do it I can't do it whatever words Hashem puts in my mouth that's what I'm going to have to say so he knew that it wasn't going to work even so because of their great hate for the Jewish people couldn't control his impulses and he still tried to fulfill Bullock's request which is put a curse on the people he knew it wasn't going to happen but there's something pushing him to keep trying and there is a little bit in a subtle way there is this kind of irrational behavior within the Avaidah of each and every one of us as the Fidik Rebbe explains in the Maimer of Tamus as sorry of Yutshvat the Basilagani as is Faran Shtus the Klipe was Lematim and Adas that there is foolishness uh, which comes from klipa, which it doesn't even make sense. It's klipa, it's in, but it's nonsensical klipa. For instance, the Asachan Hogas was mentioned, for instance, there are certain behaviors that a person follows only because that's what everybody's doing. That's, what's, that's what everybody does. I have to do it too. And it's like a rule, and you cannot move them from that rule. And it has to be done only that way, even if it's completely nonsensical. Like, for instance, the set times, you know, breakfast has to be at this time, and lunch has to be at that time, and supper has to be at that time, and you cannot disturb him during his lunch, and everything has to stop even though he could just delay his lunch for a half hour and be able to get something important done, no, lunch, 12 o'clock is lunchtime, it has to happen then. And nighttime, you know, Schlafstunde, you know, the time for my, I have to go to sleep, I don't go to sleep past 10 o'clock, and that's the rule. For the, very mo- for the most part, people are so committed to these schedules, which are just superimposed on them by, because that's what somebody... Somewhere said, Baba Shah was this maniacrius from Tayrabitzfila, Hobnish Hasvisholem, Baem Kain Keva. Whereas, on the other hand, the time that he set aside for a shear doesn't have any important, doesn't have that kind of importance to him that everything stops when it comes time for the shear and the phone has to be shut down and nobody can disturb him. That we don't see that that should happen, that does get disturbed. Sometimes they get completely delayed, not just delayed, but they get the postponed and the, 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 until tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll pick it up again. This kind of behavior doesn't make sense. That's the shtus the klipe. And it's how do you counter this kind of shtus the klipe when you are committed to a chukah 
of Kedusha, the Shtus to Kedusha Lumayil Tamadas, that your commitment to Kedusha is in a way that cannot be rationalized away. You can't explain to me why I need to interrupt my Shir. I will not interrupt it, even if you have the best explanation why I should. That's the only counter to it. The Rebbe is the Smvayer Maimah, the Rebbe explains it in the Maimah there. Is what happens then is you take what Shtustiktusha is trying to accomplish and with Shtustiktusha is trying to accomplish and with Shtustiktusha you turn it into Ktusha that the irrational commitment to the principles that you hold there. Yudalaf in for Chukas Bolok is so that explained the com- combination, the connection between Chukas and Bolot, that sometimes there is this irrational uh, hate in the c- case of Chukas and Bolot, or irrational um, ignoring of what is really important, and the only way to counter it is by super-rational commitment, as we explained. In Azar Oifen, and the same way from Chukas Abolak is given that it's not the Seferim the same kind of opposition as we find by Chukas Abolak was also for the Friediger Rebbe Biyadua as is known in the story of the arrest of the Friediger Rebbe Hot Lamed he says Lamed the, na- the name is Lulav there was uh, one of the people that came to arrest the Friediger Rebbe was name was Lulav Eina from the Tzvei Eden was from the Mereb Marastirit one of the two Jews that were there arresting the Friediger Rebbe so when he was when it was time to leave and the Friediger was going and he had a, a suitcase or something, Givolbam Arasir and Trognam Remus Pekel, he wanted, he reached to he reached for the suitcase that the Friediger Rebbe was carrying. He's gonna carry it then. Zogendik by saying, Chsidim Blaid Chsidim. You know, in the end the Chsidim remained Chsidim, he said about himself. Mein Zayda had getrogen the Pekluf by Ayer Zayden. My grandfather used to carry the 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 bags of your grandfather, his Lulav's grandfather was a chassid. Un ichvel trogen ayepekel, and I will carry your package, your pack, your bag. Oichan ashpetet ingenfal. Also later, it came up again. When he was addressing, was talking to the Vidig Rebbe, he addressed them by the name Rebbe. In other words, he fell into that uh, addressing him as his master, as the Rebbe. This is similar to what the Mittler Rebbe said. He said about the person that informed on him, you know, accused him falsely of whatever they accused the Mittler Rebbe at the time. Even though he informed on him to the government, he he uh, made a libel against him, a lie against him to the government, but he addressed him as Rebbe. So the Friediger, the Mittler Rebbe said, "As his mouth tripped him up. He his mouth said Rebbe. By M does was because his mouth there was a Freudian slip." That his mouth said something that internally he knows is the truth. Ados is the remes. He knows that I'm the Rebbe. He knows that that's the truth, even though he behaves totally differently. Well, that is Rabbi Yonenu in a similar way in this case. Ados was lulav hot zichazoi oizgedrikt ungeretzum Rebbe. That lulav expressed himself in that way to the Rebbe. That came also because in his the essence of his soul he knew that this was, this was the truth. That the free digger Rebbe deserved that somebody should carry his package. And that he is the Rebbe. And notwithstanding that he recognized that the free digger Rebbe is really the Rebbe especially that the free digger Rebbe warned him now you're on top, but your own your own leaders are going to harm you. They will do the same to you one day. And that's actually what happened in the end. That those who arrested the Rebbe, that in the end, their government turned against them, and they were condemned in whatever way. Still, he did what he did, 
even though that he acknowledged that the Rebbe was the Rebbe, of course, not uh, on the surface, but he knew that that was the truth, but he still did what he did. He arrested the Rebbe, and his opposition to the Rebbe was completely sub-rational, knowing internally that the Rebbe is the Rebbe, and yet he did all those horrible things, just like by Bolok and Bilam, in a similar way to Bolok and Bilam. And because the Friedrich Rebbe approached it as Chukas, his self-sacrifice was completely transcended. So it completely neutralized all of this opposition in such a way, as it says in the Aftaira of Parsha Bolok, all of your enemies will be cut off, will be destroyed. And as we said before, that they, they themselves had to acknowledge and give freedom to the Rebbe. And there was an added, a new Yom Tov to the Yidin, Yudbeis Tamos. And this yonta will ultimately transform the entire month of Tammuz, for joy and, and uh, celebration. For good, a good yonta, very soon.